of having a beautiful and a fulfilled day but somehow their lives were cut short but we are among the living not because of our faithfulness not because of our righteousness but because you God purpose in your heart that we shall see the end of today to testify of your goodness to preach love and unity Proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Give you all the glory, all the thanksgiving, adoration, returning the trophy to you for this victory. As we are about to listen to your word, open our understanding. Let us comprehend the truth in your word. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Almighty God. Almighty God, our generation. 
Hallelujah. 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 I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if you feel the connection each time um, we sing this song. The first time I sang this song, I was probably eight years old. I sang this song, and one day it occurred in my spirit, and I sang it, and I asked my brother here if he knows about this, so if he can sing it. And to God be the glory. There's another one. Um, hallelujah. There's another one, all other gods must sink in sand. All other gods must sink in sand. I believe in Jesus, the only rock of ages. All other gods must sink in sand. This is this is a battle, <laughs> a warfare song. Amen. It's a warfare song that uh, we used back in those days to to approach the works of darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. I just love Jesus. Nothing gives me joy that each time I speak about him, you know, it gives me so much joy. Um, I'm talking about Jesus, his goodness, and his mercy. We bless him. Today is another beautiful day. Today is uh, Wednesday the 18th of August 2022. Wow, I can't believe um, the year is almost coming to an end. To God be the glory. And my prayer is that you will finish stronger than you began this year. Amen. That is my prayer. You will finish the year stronger than you started it. Don't let the devil blackmail you with some thoughts telling you um, the year is almost coming to an end and uh, you haven't achieved anything. I believe God is a God of the level R. You know, one beautiful thing about God, he's never late. He's always on time. He doesn't work on our schedule. And the beauty of it, whenever he shows up, we are happy. We are excited. You know, whenever God shows up, we are happy. We are so excited. I have a very interesting topic today. The topic is, do we serve the same God? Like the Buddhists, um, the uh, Islamic brethren, and Christians, are they serving the same God? Do they have the same, are they serving the same God? It's a question. If the Buddhist, because during one of my courses uh, in class, I was able, I studied about religion and different types of religion, and it may interest you, both those that, both the, uh, those that practice Judaism and uh, the Buddhist, and many of them, the Muslim brothers and the Christians, it may interest you that they have one thing in common, one thing in common. You know, don't be surprised, you know, asking if they have the same form of God, the Muslims, the Christians, and other religions, if they have the same form of God. I have a very simple answer. I will give you the answer is yes. We serve one God. Hallelujah. Amen. We serve, there is only one God. And we serve one God. I, 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 I'm, I make bold to tell you, because whatever I tell you, I back it up with the scripture. You know, I, I remember a story when I was younger, an in-law of mine uh, took me, he's a lawyer, so he took me to court to witness him um, argue his case. That was back in the 90s. And I, being a young uh, chap, I went with him. And I witnessed one lawyer with a very good case. He, well, he had a very beautiful case. But at the end of it, the lawyer was too emotional. He lost the case. Even though the case it was so evident that the lawyer had a good case and very good point. And after that, I asked my in-law, I said, why is it this lawyer, even though he made a good point and he was too emotional, everybody caught the emotions, but why did he lose the case? He says, because the law is not based on emotions. The law is based on facts. It's based on facts. You can't argue your case based on emotions. And how do you get the facts? You must know the law. You must know the, constitu uh, the constitutionality of your, of your case. So you argue based on, on the facts, not on emotions. So this man had a good case, but there was a bad representation. That's why he lost it. I did not understand him, but as I 
study more about and study the scripture. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So for you to develop faith, you must study the gospel continuously for you to develop faith. And I've come to realize that both Muslims, both Christians, we are of same religion. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are of same religion. Pagans, whatever you are, there is one thing you do. If you are doing that, we are of the same religion. But we are of different faiths. Same religion, different faiths. Everybody, we practice same religion. But before we go there, I just want you to, I just want to thank you for those of you viewing through um, social media platform, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Podcast. Um, the newest version is Twitter. We are now on Twitter, and uh, God is tweeting the message through us. Amen. Amen. God is really tweeting the gospel through us. Amen. So I'm so excited. The first tweet was last week. I think we are uh, probably a week only on Twitter, and you can't believe the impact um, the gospel is making on that platform. So I bless God for giving us all this platform to share the gospel. And I want to implore you, if you are new, please kindly subscribe through any platform you are watching us from. Um, make sure you also share the message to bless a life. Just the way we are here broadcasting from our studio here, we want you to be part of this movement. Be a disciple of Christ. Share the gospel as you subscribe. Share it to somebody that may need to hear this undiluted word of God. Just like I said, we, are you practicing Judaism? Are you practicing Buddhist, um, Buddhism or whatever? Are you practicing Islam? Are you practicing Christianity? We are of the same religion. I am going to back it up with the scripture. It's in the Bible. We practice, there is one religion that we all practice, so it doesn't matter whether you're a pagan, whatever you are, you are my brother. That's the truth. You are my brother. So I'm going to back it up, like I said. But before I go into details, I just, I'm letting my spirit to say this, because I don't know whom God is talking to. The importance of forgiveness. Before I go into this message, I want to talk to somebody, the importance of forgiveness. Because God let it in my heart, say, before you minister, speak to somebody about the importance of forgiveness that your prayers may not be hindered. The last time I spoke to married men, I said, for your prayers not to be hindered, be faithful and respectful and loving to your spouse, to your wives. You must do this for your prayers not to be hindered. It's biblical. And we treated that, and I believed uh, the brothers we are blessed because there's little thing that can hinder your blessing just as the lawyer that I told you, the attorney went to court and he argued based on emotions. Let us stop praying out of emotions. Let us take care of things that hinders our prayers. Let us render our supplications to God from our heart. But we must make sure there is nothing withholding our prayers from being answered. David said, if there is any hidden iniquity in my heart, that will hinder my prayer from being answered. Take it away. Take it away. Iniquity is that which you know is wrong and you, you still commit it. Unforgiveness is a sin. But I tell you, forgive, but don't be forgetful. Don't, do not forget. Jesus forgave on the cross, but he never forgot. He forgave. He's still forgiving. But there is always a reference to the death on the cross. There is a remembrance to the death on the cross. So it is important for you to forgive. Forgiveness does not mean you are forgetting the pains, but you are forgiving that your prayers may not be hindered. Pray for those that hate you. Love those that hate you. And let God be the righteous judge. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 14 to 15, tells us the importance of forgiveness. 
importance of forgiveness. I was praying for someone some time ago, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, tell this person, all you need to do is to forgive. Forgive, and it is done. And to the greatest surprise, the person let go, and the windows of blessing opened immediately. So which means that person was resisting whatever blessing he or she, uh, God had for he or she. So in this Matthew chapter 14, I just want to read it very quickly for somebody, for you to understand as a believer, the need for you to forgive. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You can understand the importance. When you forgive somebody, you are already receiving forgiveness from God. The prodigal son asked for forgiveness. The father did not hold grudges against him and he forgave. And God forgave. There was, there was excitement in heaven. There was pardon in heaven for that soul won. So your attitude can be a means of winning soul for Christ. Forgive. Amen. Forgive. Amen. And uh, I believe that someone's life is blessed. And you, my son, my brother, in one of your songs, you, you sang in Igbo. And I want to interpret that song for those of you who are not privileged to know the language he sang from. Uh, I believe he says, the, the interpretation of that song says, You are good, you are great. Oh great God, Edema Igupu O Chineke. You are good, you are great, oh great God. I love Jesus. You know, it doesn't matter the language you speak. I was ministering sometime a young lady asked me from Boston. She she asked, um, who is Jesus? Is is Jesus truly Christ? Some people said Jesus is a made up name, that his name is actually the name of God's son is Yeshua. She, 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 want, she was arguing with her pastor, and her pastor told her that Jesus is fake, he's Yeshua. And she asked me that, and I was led by the Spirit to tell her, listen, daughter, whatever you call God is what he is to you. If you call him Jesus, he's Jesus Christ to you. If you call him Yeshua, that's what he is to you. If you call him foolish, he's foolish to you. The Bible says the foolishness of God is the wiseness of man. So whatever you call God, that's what he is to you. So in several languages, you can see some stark illiterate that can't speak in English, but when they pray, God heard him, heard them. In the olden days, they all spoke in Hebrew language, in different languages, and God heard them. I don't think there was anything like English language then. So God heard him, heard them when they prayed. So when you worship God in your native tongues, don't get don't be afraid or shy. God hears you. He is the author and finisher of our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. So, let's get back to this very interesting um, topic of today. It's going to be a very brief one, a very, very quick one, because we're going to hit the bottom line. Because I just want to correct some impressions we have. We have created misinterpreting the gospel and uh, segregating. But we forgot that back in those days, that even the Jews and the Gentiles, we are together. They were together. We forgot in those days that Abraham was an idol. Abraham was an idol worshiper, and God called him to serve Him. So, which means God saw His faithfulness while He was serving the idol, and God called him. We forgot that God used Pharaoh. He used Pharaoh to introduce himself. Pharaoh wasn't a man of God, or neither was he a servant of God. But the Bible says that God used Pharaoh to introduce, to launch his power. Pharaoh, a man of other faith, a man of other faith, God used him to introduce his power to the world. Remember, a man of other faith raised a man of God that God chose to be a deliverer. So what is this problem 
between Christianity and other, um, other so-called religions. Because of the misconception, we have believed that Christianity is not a religion. We have misinterpreted the scriptures. So we have, the, we have differentiated between Christians and others. So if we say this is a religion, then what happened to faiths when we talk about their faiths? The Bible made mention, the whole of the Bible made mention of one religion. From Old to New Testament, there is only one religion in the Bible. And that religion is never Christianity. Christianity began after the death, resurrection and ascension of Christ. When Christ left, the disciples formed Christianity. Christianity was for them to live a Christ-like lifestyle. They said they became Christian. They were first called Christians. So Christ was not even a Christian. Jesus practiced the, the, the religion that the Bible told us to practice. But we have doctrinized the teachings of the gospel which has brought more of segregation by dividing brothers against brothers, families against families, all in the name of religion. But we fail to point out where it is in the Bible. Show me where it is in the Bible that the Bible tells us because we make our argument based on the Bible, our teachings based on the Bible. We are in the Bible, in the scripture, in the word of God, did God tell us that Christianity is a religion? Nowhere in the Bible. It's a lifestyle of Christ. We want to emulate Jesus. But we have made it to become a religion, a belief of some sort. That's why we are fighting with Muslim brothers. When you see a Buddhist, you fight him, especially in Africa. We see that we fight. But here in the Western world, you realize that we don't agree with people of other faith when it's time to worship. But when it's time to do business, you can see us doing business with Chinese that knows no Jesus Christ. Worshiping dragon, pigs, or whatever. But when it's time to worship, no, no, we hate them, we hate them. But when it's time to do buying and selling, to get their money, our POS loves their money. We love their money. We love it so much. But we cannot be together. So I challenge you, before you spread this falsehood about Christ, because the, Jesus came to correct the misconception spoken about him, misrepresentation by prophets, by apostles, about him. He came to correct them. And he gave us a lifestyle. The disciples lived this lifestyle of Christ. They spread the gospel. Paul was so outspoken, even when Peter was against the Gentiles, when Peter was segregated, Paul was so outspoken. Paul emphasized the importance of we living and living on the life Christ of Christ, Jesus. Now I want to take you to, to this religion that I told you that everybody practices. For you to know that we serve one God, but we have different faiths. I will take you there. Now let's go to James chapter 1. I've preached on this topic before, but I'm led in the spirit to speak on this for our for for people to have this understanding that you have to spread love and not hate. The gospel is all about love. It's a good news. It's a good news. Those idol worshippers are of God. 
They are not of the devil. They are people made in the image of God. I will touch them. James chapter 1 verse 27. The Bible says, Pure and undefined religion before God and the Father is this. Pure and undefined. This is the only place in the Bible that religion was spoken about and they told us the only religion that God approves is in James 1 27. It says, New King James Version said, pure and undefined. It says, undefined religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world, to visit orphans. So if you are a Muslim, you have time to visit the orphans and the widows, you are my brother. We practice the same religion. If you are a Buddhist, you visit orphans and a widow, and widows rather, in their troubles. And you keep yourself unspotted from the world. You are my brother. We shouldn't fight against each other. God is a righteous judge. One instruction he gave us is judge not that you may not be judged. He told us everything, but he says, do not judge. So the gospel is not about being judgmental. But I had a faith. I serve God. And my faith is in Christ Jesus. Now you can see the difference between people and their faith. I believe in God, but my faith in worshiping God is through Christ Jesus. So my faith is my belief in God. My personal belief. So Jesus Christ is the approach I have to God. I pray to God by soliciting through Jesus. When I started about Judaism, they believed in God. They believed Jesus to be an extraordinary human being. But they were mad that Jesus is called the Son of God. That is the only disagreement they have. They believed that the Messiah would come. The Messiah would come in the in form of human being. That's their belief. Judaism believed in Christ. But they never believed that Jesus is equal to God. Now you can see this is their faith. This is their religious belief. Faith. But not their religion. Not their religion. Only one religion we have here. When you love one another, when you show love to one another, this world will be a better place. Now there is something God says. Because have you wondered, why is it? Okay, 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 okay. Let's, let's do it this way. Why is it? You will see a Muslim brother. Okay, no, Muslims, they, they do pray. Or you see a pagan, or you see somebody who doesn't believe in anything, and he's so prosperous. Very, very prosperous. Very, very prosperous. He believes in, in no Jesus, nothing. <laughs> but he's very prosperous. But you, that is a tongue-speaking believer, you find it difficult to pay your rent. When you come out, people use you to describe poverty. But you serve the living God. Does it mean that God is partial? No. He is the God of the poor. He is the God of the rich. That's the beauty of this world. The Bible says in Romans chapter 9, I love it, Romans chapter 9 from verse 15 to 19. Look at what he told Moses. I'm going to end with this very Bible uh, chapter. See what he told Moses in verse 15. He says, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. And I will have compassion 
on whomever I will have compassion. So it doesn't matter. He says, I will have mercy on whomever I choose to have mercy. It doesn't matter. Your faith. It doesn't matter. He says, I will have it. In verse 16, he says, so then it is not of him who wills, not of him who runs, but of God who shows mercy. So it's not of him who wills or of him that runs, but of God that shows mercy. Because if wealth is defined by hard work, I tell you, a lot of laborers will be billionaires. A lot of laborers from Africa will be billionaires. Billionaires. If at each street in Africa you have 20 billionaires. Africa is a continent. So I'm not picking a country in Africa, I'm generalizing it because I know the strength of their hard work. But it's God that shows mercy. What is that thing that God seeks? Hearts. That's religion. James chapter 127. Show me a successful person and I will show you that person that observes his or her religion very well. God does not bless you because you are a tyrant. No. God does not bless you because you give offering. No. God does not bless you because you pray 24-7. No. He blesses you because of this. James chapter 1 verse 27. Your religion which is not about your faith. Let us stop this misconception. That's why you can see a, a billionaires from, from Islamic world, billionaires from Christian world, billionaires from, from other, other faiths, Buddhist and Nemit. But we are so used to terming our Christian faith as a religion. When you ask somebody, what is your religion? I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. That is not your religion. That's your faith. That's your belief. We have different faiths and beliefs. But we have one religion. You must end poverty. How can you end poverty? Observe James 1.27. You don't need to be rich. We had, I am my... Um, wife had a wonderful uh, meeting yesterday with some with cop, uh, a couple from uh, from Uganda yesterday yeah yesterday wonderful family wonderful family they melted our hearts with what they are doing for Christ they are not rich they are not rich but this couple have they have affected a lot of Poverty stricken homes. They have 19 children living with them as their children. Only two are their biological children. When we greeted all the 19, we could not differentiate who is their biological child or not. And they have been doing this, trusting on the Lord, with no camera before them, nothing, nobody to spread the message. Doing it without any form of soliciting for funds. We have been talking with them. They've not asked us for funds for one day. We've been a blessing to them, but they've never for one day said, hey, send me money, we need this. But each time, we bless them. And the Lord says, it's time to take it to a different height. And yesterday's meeting was so, so Holy Ghost filled that they, we are so emotional because of what God unveiled for them. Religion. You can imagine the connection I had. I've only been to Uganda once. But this family made us to feel like, wow, we are just starting. We are just starting. And I'm not connected to them because they are Christians. But I'm connected to them because of their obedience to the word of God. They help both Muslims Christians, pagans, satanists, whoever that needs help. When the Bible says, 
pure and undefiled religion before God. And the Father is this. He did not say visit orphanage Christians. He did not say visit widows Muslims. He did not say visit orphanage Gentiles. He did not say visit widows Jewish. He says visit them in their troubles. But we have zeroed our mind to tithing and offering is all about Christianity, Christianity, and God will so much spank us on the last day. And say, so where did you read this? If your reference point is in my word, where in my word did I tell you that Christianity is a religion? Who authorized it? Who made it a religion? Who? Christianity means Christ-like lifestyle. Show me in the scripture who. Your pastor told you it's a religion and you believed you did not go and search the scripture to find out where did God say, this is a religion, we are Christians of this religion. Because they have shifted their attention from the real word of God. And they have given you what they want you to believe. Now, if there is a bomb blast somewhere, they say, oh, I know they are Muslims. Who told you? Why this stigmatization? But when a Christian bombs, it's not terrorism. But when he's a Muslim or when he's a Buddhist, oh no, it's terrorism. But when a Christian bombs, then the person has mental problem. When a Christian goes to school and kills children, it's mental problem. But when he's a Muslim, it becomes terrorism. No wonder Jesus said, this is wicked and restless generation that seeks for signs. What do we teach them? If we teach them that that Muslim is your brother, that that Muslim practice the same religion as you do, the child will ask, what do you mean practice the same religion? You will take the child to James chapter 127 and then we will spread more love. There will be more love than hate. And this world will be a better place. But no, because your pastor wants you to give more tithes and offering, he will not tell you the truth. I told God, listen, if you cannot fund your ministry, I don't want to be part of it. I'm too big to ask you to give me tithe and offering. I have better things to do to make money. If this is what it means to, to serve God, please, I have better things to do. I'm too big to come and tell you, give me tithe and offering. That is my source of livelihood. No. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything shall be added unto you. It's a promise. Seek ye first his kingdom and righteousness. That's the gospel. Seek the kingdom and its righteousness. Every other thing shall be added. But now we are seeking how to bankrupt people through donations and giving. We've had a platform for over four years. A non-profit platform, we have never, never asked anybody to give money. But we have done things. Only Jesus can influence us to do it. Only him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Preach love over hate. Now let's go back to, to verse 17. God says in verse 16, but of God who shows mercy. Then in verse 17 he says, For the scripture says to, to the Pharaoh, now I love this, For the scripture says, and let me pause here. I just like how Paul made this reference. He made a reference to the scripture. Whatever I'm telling you, I make references to scripture. Paul says, For the scripture says to the Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you. And that my name may be declared in all the earth. Why did God, the purpose of creating Pharaoh was for him to display his power. Why didn't God go to the synagogue to display his power? Why did he choose Pharaoh? Why did God choose Moses? Then they had Judaism. Why did he? Remember, when God called Moses and said, go to the Israelites, 
Moses asked him, who will I tell them that sent me? Because Moses wasn't used to this type of thing. Moses asked him, who will I tell them that sent me? God replied, tell them, I am, I am, have sent you. The moment you mention this name, they will understand me. Now, remember that the ark of God was with them. And the ark of God signifies the presence of God. And there is a ritual. Wherever the ark is, there must, a ritual must be performed. And someone, a priest, must perform that ritual. And there was a high priest in their midst called Aaron. Why did God not go to Aaron? Who was custodian of the ark? But he went to a man who knew nothing about him. A man, perhaps, who was an Isla uh, uh, um, of Islamic faith. A man, perhaps, who might be a Buddhist. A man who might be practicing Judaism. A man of another faith, raised by an idol worshiper. He was raised by Pharaoh. He asked God, the God we serve, and says, who will I tell them that sent me? God said, the moment you say, I am, I am, they will know. So they went and he said, and they were so mad. They said, why should God speak to this clown, this murderer, when we have Aaron and we have Joshua? How can God speak to you? And they said, okay, who, what is the name of that God that sent you? And Moses said, I am, I am. And they were shocked. They did not believe that God spoke through him. And God said to Moses, God did not tell Aaron, the spiritual leader. God told Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy. In verse 18, he says, Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills. I love Paul. And whom he wills, he hardens. So God hardened the heart of Pharaoh just to display his word. Just the way he had hardened the heart of so many pastors, so many teachers of the world. That he may reveal himself to the world through babies, through those, through influencers. Right now, you'll be surprised. Some influencers are the ones revealing about God online. They are speaking the truth about God. They are exposing, they are studying the scripture and they are exposing a lot of revelations about God. And God hardened the hearts of those people you looked up to as your spiritual leaders. You never knew their spiritual babies. He says, therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. In verse 19, I love this, I love this. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault for who has raised his will? I love Jesus. This is Paul speaking. Listen, brethren. Enough of hateful messages all in the name of the gospel. The gospel is good news. If I come and tell you I have the gospel for you. Rejoice. God is speaking through his word. Good news. When God speaks, he doesn't remember your past. He changes your captivity. God cannot speak to you and you remain the same. Never. Go through the Bible. All the people that God spoke to, their lives were changed. All the people he spoke to, from Abraham to the least, their lives were changed. So God cannot speak to you, and your life will remain the same. So today I'm bringing a gospel to you and telling you that Jesus loves you. Spread love over hate, and you will see the goodness of the Lord. I do not have room for hate or forgiveness. Honestly, I have no grudges against anybody. I make bold to say this. No grudges. Someone called me the other time and the way I responded, they were shocked. I said, what's going on? They thought they offended. I said, no, I, I don't have room for such. If you are a child of God, 
air is human, but forgiveness is divine, they said. I just want you to forgive yourself. Because the first thing, the forgiveness starts by you forgiving yourself, so that you may be able to forgive others. Forgive yourself for judging other people of other faiths wrongly, that you may be able to love and forgive yourself. Because you can't love others when you hate yourself. You can't. You first of all, love yourself, that you may love your neighbor. That's why the Bible says, love your, love your neighbor as yourself. So if you hate yourself, please, don't love me the way you love yourself. First of all, love yourself, that you may extend the love to me. As we come to the end of this message, I want you to know that we practice one religion, Muslim, Christians, pagan, Judaism. We practice one religion, according to James chapter 127, but we observe different faith and religion, and, and belief, sorry, faith and beliefs. I serve God through Jesus Christ. I don't know him, but I want to let you know that Jesus is Christ, he's God. I can only tell you of other faith that Jesus is Christ. He's not a prophet. He's not a good man. The Buddhists say he's a perfect man. He's a good man. He's not just a good man. He's God. So I just want to introduce my Jesus to you and to let you know he's a good man. But it's up to you to receive him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, force you to receive Jesus. But I'm gonna let you know he is God. He is not a prophet. He's not just a good man. Amen. So the goodness of Christ is what you see in me. When you call me with your problems, I don't ask you, do you believe in Jesus? I help you because that's my religion, to help. It's up to you. It's a personal decision you make for yourself. I don't induce you with my religion of giving, helping you in time of trouble for you to receive Christ. No. But I want to tell you, the best decision you can make for yourself is accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal savior. It doesn't make you want you to come out from wherever you are, but if you think that's the best thing to do, glory be to God. Accepting Jesus as your Lord and personal savior will save you a lot, a lot of troubles, from a lot of troubles. God bless you as we sing in this prayerful mood. Into my heart, oh, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, come in to stay, come in. about Christ. You just ask him to come into your heart. You know, very simple. Ask him to come into your heart. And that's it. It's a personal decision you make. It's a personal pledge. I just want to introduce Jesus to you. He's a peaceful. He's a definition of gentility. Jesus is a definition of gentility. Have him today and share your testimony with me tomorrow. Test and see the goodness of Jesus in your life. Amen. The Bible says, as many that receive him, he gave them power to become children of God. For those of you that accepted Christ today in your lives, he has given you power to become the children of God. Wherever you are, you make this decision to accept Jesus. That's all you need. Accepting Jesus does not stop you from practicing your religion. According to James chapter 1 verse 27. Accept Jesus today. You have the honor and privilege to be called child of God.
to God be the glory. Until I see you next time, I'm, I'll be so 